Hey guys, and welcome back to the official podcast of Develop Yelment, Develop Yelment Unplugged. And I'm currently joined by KitKat right here. And Kinder, do you want to come in front? Kinder's literally just off camera. Let's see if he gets on. Kinder, hello. Yeah, he's too focused. Maybe you get to see Kinder too. And uh, here in a few minutes, this will join as well. And uh, yeah, this is a very, very important topic because I think right now with the pandemic, we've all kind of had our comfort zones affected. No water for you. <laughs> KitKat likes drinking the water out of our glasses and the podcast in Spanish uh, today. Five seconds before she started drinking my water. So that was that was fun. Um, so let's go here. Do, do, do. Do, 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 do. I'm just going to create a little watch party here so we can get started. Because on Facebook, people like those watch parties. Do, 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 do. We're getting started. In the meanwhile, if any of the people connected have something that they want to work on with their comfort zones, let us know in the comments. Uh, it is one of those topics where I think we all have certain things that we want to face more fears, start more projects, finish more projects, but... Sometimes we use our comfort zone in not the best way. My internet is being a little silly, so let's hope that that's... So if I think we're good. There we go! Kinder came in! It's funny how Kinder only shows up in the English podcast. She doesn't show up in the Spanish podcast. Okay. Do, 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 do. Facebook is taking forever to load right now. Uh, now the cats went into bug des while she was getting ready. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Okay. Uh, internet is being silly. Bear with me for a minute here while I get things working. I've had a fun week with lots of internet problems. So, like... Do, 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 do. Options, start a watch party. And it's starting to get it all. Finally, we're getting it all up and running. Do, 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 do. There we go. And I just got to bring up one more chat and then we are good to go. So, go. Gonna invite some people. So, Kika, what do you have to say about this whole comfort zone? You've just made the whole house your comfort zone, haven't you? Yeah, she's the boss here. 
that and Kinder. Kinder is also quite quite overly confident. Okay. Do 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 do. Let's get this all up and running. Okay. So, I guess I'll get start the topic now that I have gotten all the technological things sorted out. So yeah. Ah, comfort zone, comfort zone, comfort zone. One thing I want you to reflect on is the fact that comfort zone does serve a purpose, believe it or not. I'm sure many of you have heard this idea that, oh, you need to get out of your comfort zone. Your comfort zone is the worst thing ever, that it's going to be the main reason why you fail in your goals because you're going to just let your comfort zone stop you. And that is true that your comfort zone can be a big challenge to overcome and that it can cause a lot of problems in your life. But what we need to understand is sometimes our comfort zone is just that thing that gives us the energy, the confidence, the the peace of mind, the uh, the environment where we recharge our battery uh, or that we just kind of get to use our craft that's already established, already developed, and it's just kind of smooth sailing without friction. So I think there needs to be balance between what is your comfort zone of you embracing what's comfortable, what you're confident in, what you're already aware of, and then you got to add little by little things that are outside of your comfort zone. But that th- process of getting out of your comfort zone, that process of expanding your comfort zone, that process of finding balance between what is inside your comfort zone and what's outside of your comfort zone, and managing all of that is a very active process because many of us act in autopilot mode where we get stuck inside our comfort fo- zone for too long. And some of us end up um, trying to stay out of our comfort zone so much that we never take time to recharge, to disconnect, to breathe, to just kind of be at home or be in a safe space. And sometimes you need those safe spaces just kind of to bring the best out in you. So, uh, hey, Steve. Welcome, welcome. We're kind of a little behind schedule here, getting everything up with the English one. But I guess if you have anything that you've reflected on with Comfort Zone, it would be interesting if you would share with us because ah, this thing of Comfort Zone, I think uh, right now with the pandemic, we all had to kind of flip our lives upside down and the process of finding our Comfort Zone again and building a new Comfort Zone and balancing. This is my Comfort Zone that I used to to top my energy off and this is just kind of where I go and I feel better about myself and I feel confident in this space. I remind myself of who I am, but at the same time, I'm going to challenge myself to grow. I'm going to challenge myself to learn. I'm going to challenge myself to step up. And that balancing act, it's just, it's a, it's an active one because when we hold onto our comfort zone too long, we stop growing. Or when we try to control everything too much, because when we, when we try to manage our comfort zone, sometimes we try to make it more comfortable by micromanaging everything, by over-controlling everything, by over-planning everything. And as a result, we're just super tense, we don't enjoy, we don't recharge, and even what should be our comfort zone stops being our comfort zone. Sometimes we guilt trip ourselves and we over-control ourselves to the degree that, yeah, our comfort zone is no longer comfortable. And if that has ever happened to you, let us know, because I know that many times I guilt trip myself so much when I'm in my comfort zone And here comes Des. She's looking wonderful. 
as usual, a couple of minutes late due to anxiety before getting on the program, but as we always say on this program, better late than ever. So, hello there. Hey. I want water. You want water? Yeah, I was I was guarding it. <laughs> yeah, because Kai likes to drink from my water. Yes. So, did you do a watch party on your phone too? Yeah. But yeah, let's talk comfort zone. This no. is one of those things that you've had a fun challenge <laughs> with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, comfort zones are definitely have been very um, difficult for me to get out of. Yeah, yeah. And they're very challenging. And uh, sometimes you've spent how many months and years in your comfort zones and your little bubbles and kind of making your world smaller and smaller and smaller? Oh, a lot of years. <laughs> how much power have you given to your anxiety that makes your world smaller and smaller and smaller? Yeah, no, comfort zones are definitely not the best thing for me. Hold on, you guys. I'm just creating a wash party. Yeah, this is going to be fun because Des, she, she suffers obviously from anxiety, those yeah. of you that, that have already joined us on, on previous episodes. And uh, she's very, very ambitious, but uh, many times she just kind of wants to go, like, lock herself up. She wants to kind of be in a little bubble and give so much part to her comfort zone because her anxiety, her fears, her insecurities, her worries, they kind of get overwhelming. And uh, very. <laughs> Then it's like, oh my goodness! I uh, sometimes you even want to go back to like your worst self just because you want to escape facing challenges yeah. when you get overwhelmed, yeah. and uh, that can get pretty ugly. That can get pretty ugly when when you give so much power to that. But it's hard not to, yeah. Because one thing that we need to know about anxiety, about fears, is that they have physical symptoms too, right? It's not just uh mental symptoms so sometimes we're in a process where our heart beats faster our head feels light we feel lightheaded we start feeling dizzy yeah. and we start sweating more and we start getting a lot of physical symptoms that make us really afraid yeah and you've you're a master of the symptoms what type of symptoms <laughs> like yeah when um every time i i get out of my comfort zone obviously in the past uh year or so i've I've moved away from home. I I have I have uh, quit jobs and, and stuff. And and every time I, I I get out of that comfort zone that I've created, it's very tough for me. Like recently, right now, for example, the past uh, few days have been very very difficult for me because. What's going on right now? I uh, I quit my job, the one that I that was five minutes away from here, and now I have a job that's a little bit farther away. Um, obviously, right now everything's online, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but it the way that I work with the kids, the teaching, the the lesson plans, everything is quite different. It's fun, but it's different, and the hours are different. Now I have to wake up early, and before I was able to wake up at eleven, twelve p.m. Uh, but now I have to wake up earlier, right? So yes, and I, and I've also been getting more private students and 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 stuff. So things are changing. I don't have the same. I don't have the same thing as I did three three two months ago. And and obviously, since things are changing for the better, and I'm making more money, and I'm 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 happier, and and I'm working with better people, that doesn't mean that everything is always so good. Uh, since it is out of my comfort zone and uh, out of the 
people that I'm comfortable with. Um, yeah, it's been very challenging. Like I've had two to three big panic attacks at least um, the past few days every single day. And the reason why I'm so late to the podcast right now is because I was doing fine. I woke up, I was cleaning the closet, I was cleaning the room and I was listening to music and just just you know just having fun and and then uh i came out i made some food i ate and i just was watching videos as i was eating and then i started to feel terrible and i went to a full-blown panic attack and that's the thing when when you start when things start getting better uh there is going to be always some obstacles when you level up and that's my life right now uh my sadly my anxiety symptoms are are physical um so I do get dizzy I do get really tired I do get panic attacks I feel like I can't breathe basically like all the coronavirus symptoms I've had them for for the past year or two (laughs) um but no it's 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 been very 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 difficult no it's 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 one of those things that for example this week I also chose to kind of expand my comfort zone a little bit and and do one more live in Spanish uh once a week and by myself, which meant one, facing doing lives by myself on a frequent basis, two, doing more stuff in Spanish, uh, and uh, three, trying to kind of find my style, find my, my what, what can I do differently from the podcast uh, to create more content, but that kind of complements. And so, so I obviously had a bunch of insecurities going into it, and I was a little bit nervous. And it was it was wonderful. It went super well. There was a bunch of interaction. It was one of the best uh, events I've done in a long time, uh, with with hundreds of comments and and uh, really really awesome. But the process of getting to that point, it was like several days of internet failing and technological challenges, and and it just kind of brought more insecurities up in the process. It was it was crazy, and. Uh, uh, one of the things that I always remind myself of is every time you're going to expand your comfort zone, every time you're going to level up, there are going to be surprises along the way. There are going to be challenges on the way. There are going to be tests. Like the world is going to test you. And every time you step into uncharted territory, you're going to have more insecurities because you're not going to know how to do things and you're going to have to learn. Like, for example, what Des just said, new job means new, new people to interact with, with different personalities, different context. It means new students, means new... Uh, ways of doing work at the pandemic on top of that I means everything online and like what she learned in her previous job all of a sudden here was not wrong per se but it was just not what they were looking for so she had to learn a whole new way of teaching uh, and uh, that process of adapting to new styles when you're growing can be it can make you feel uncomfortable and like you for example you realize that your previous job was no longer working and you were like, I need to get out of here. And it was several weeks of lots of extra insecurities, feeling guilty that you had kind of quit, feeling guilty that you had um, taken such a big risk during the pandemic, but you just knew it wasn't working. Yeah. But that process of finding something that <laughs> would work was scary. Yeah, the the two weeks that I, the two or three weeks, more or less, uh, I quit my job because I wasn't getting paid what I should have been getting paid. And obviously it was a big change for me because, yeah, it was, uh, it was three weeks. Yeah, it was like three, three or four weeks that, that, um, that I didn't, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I had no idea if I was going to get a job and it was very, very scary. But 
leaving that job was the best thing I could have done yeah. because now for the for the same exact hours that I worked there, I am making like not even twice as much. I'm making like a whole lot of money, way more than this job. But the reason why I wanted to stay in this job is because it was my comfort zone, because it was five minutes away from here. Yeah. It was super close. I already knew the people. I already knew my coworkers. I, I knew the director and stuff, but but there was a time where it was more it was it was it was taking more from me than what I was receiving, honestly. Yeah. And I just thought, like, I don't need I don't need this job. And yes, there were like many like up to before I quit my job, like a week before I was like crying two weeks before I was crying every single night. And I was telling Yannick, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to work here. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel valued. And I would literally cry. And it was it was hell for me to get up in the morning and go to uh and go to summer course that I, that I was giving and when I quit the week after I quit was also hell because I was like did I make a mistake I'm not making any money like this this quincena like it's it's we're not gonna have it and and I was just overwhelmed um I did have my private students but obviously um I, I was used to a little bit more money than that. And now, as soon as the school year started, I literally got a lot of job offers. I was able, I was able to, th thankfully, I was, I had the luxury to choose what school I wanted to work with. Like, I, I, I had the luxury to choose who I wanted to work with and what and and who was paying me more and who I was going to I was going to choose. And it was quite amazing to have those options because I do know that a lot of people um, can't find a job. So they when they get one, it's like you have to you have yeah. to get that one because it's really hard. But for me, as soon as this, the school year started, I had a lot of people hitting me up. And and if I wanted to take the job or if I didn't, it didn't really matter because I already had more job offers. So I ended up taking the best offers that I had. And, and it was it was pretty awesome to have a, a lot of options. No, and, and the thing is, when, when you want to expand your comfort zone, you got to have that faith that things can get better, that curiosity and that perseverance, because there were a couple of weeks where you felt like things weren't moving, but you were actually moving a lot. And yeah. like, I'm very proud of you because that period, I remember how scary it was. Uh, it was a big risk leaving that job behind. Yeah. But you didn't stop. Day and night, you were looking for jobs. Day and night, you were promoting private classes. Day and night, you were, you were trying to, you know, build something better. Yeah. And all of a sudden, th but there was a delayed reaction. Mm -hmm. There was a delayed reaction on, on, on all the work you were doing. And all of a sudden, after two or three weeks, it was like every day there were interviews, job offers, private students, and everything. Like, all of a sudden, things just got unstuck like this. Yeah. But that process, you kept believing in that process there were moments where you wanted to give up there were moments where you hated yourself for having quit the other job there were moments where you kind of wish you had stayed in your comfort zone yeah but now looking back you're like it's the best decision i've ever made yeah it was it was honestly i i cannot imagine being stuck there uh till this day because it was just overwhelming and it was just no um and also when i moved here to mexico city i um I was building up to moving here, right? I was I was just getting out of being really sick and and it was amazing how I came to Mexico City and a lot of my anxiety faded away 
and it was so much better moving to the city obviously that was like the first week or so because that's before you start getting homesick before you start realizing oh my goodness i need to find a job so that first week that i came to live here i didn't have to find a job yet you know i was just uh, i was getting familiar with the place that i was gonna live in and stuff obviously as soon as it hit I have like this little like scratchy feeling here. I don't have coronavirus. It could be allergies. <laughs> I'm going to drink some water. Yeah. And obviously, um, as soon as I realized I have to get a job, I have to find a place to live because I was living with my siblings back then. All of that made me gave me a lot of anxiety. Uh, soon after that, I I was able to get a job here nearby um, where Yannick lives, and I ended up uh, renting in a in a, a a room. Yeah, it was a room apartment slash yeah. room apartment, yeah. and um, very close to here, very close to my job. And then eventually in December, I moved in with Yannick. But I'm not gonna lie, for the first three to four months, I would cry every single day that I wanted to go home because I was not used to, like I love it here I love the weather I love the I love the city I love the fact that we have our own bubble and it's very beautiful and and I was finally safe and comfortable in a place but my mind was just so you need to go home you need to go home and I would just cry that I wanted to go home that I couldn't take it any longer and um also because of the altitude of the city like i i was i used to live in sea level so for me it was very easy to walk and stuff and do and be very active and as soon as i came here the first time i went running i didn't know this this altitude thing could affect you like i didn't know it was a thing and i remember i went running and all of a sudden i started to feel really lightheaded and i couldn't breathe and i was like oh my goodness this is a panic attack and so i remember texting yannick and i was like hey i just want to do some exercise and i can't breathe i feel like i'm gonna pass out and Yannick's all like, oh, it's because of the altitude. You're not used to it. And then he's like, just lay down and it's going to pass. So I laid down and I just did some breathing exercises and I just kept breathing. And after 15 minutes, I was back to normal. But but no, it was really tough for me the first three months, not being able to move around as much, not being able to do my my routines, exercise routines and all of that. And then as soon as I was getting comfortable, as soon as I was getting uh, back to myself, pandemic hit. And I was already planning to leave my anxiety pills. I was like, okay, I'm doing better. I'm, I'm feeling better. And then boom, pandemic hits. And my doctors all are like, hey, leaving the pills might not be a good idea. You might start feeling worse. And yeah, here we are now. <laughs> yeah. And Manatee says, you needed to go back to your comfort zone. The real thing was it was expanding. Yeah. And yeah, the, the thing is sometimes... You have to, we, we got to look at our comfort zone as something that can expand, something that can grow, something that can adapt, something that we can build, and something that has value, not something that's wrong, uh, but that it has limited value in the sense that uh, if you're overprotective of yourself or others and you give too much power to anxiety and your fears, you're going to have a very kind of boring or miserable life because you're going to settle for things that don't work. Like Des, for example, had a job that wasn't working for her. And because it was a comfort zone, she stayed there maybe a little longer than what was really necessary. Necessary. Yeah. But she wanted to go through the process of making sure she did all the steps possible to make sure that, that she was making the right call. But how many times have you not ended up in a relationship that's just not working or a job that's just not working? But you have that mentality, better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. Where it's like, well, I already know how this works. And if I get another job or another relationship that sucks, 
I have to learn how to manage the suckiness. And now, at least, I am in a place that sucks, but I know how to manage all of that. Yeah, and one thing that we always have to remember, and this is something that a lot of people have this their their mind wired to this, is um, everything is supposed to be hard. Everything is supposed to be difficult, uh. and relationships are supposed to be difficult, and and stuff. And and I remember I have a friend that that always says, "Oh, well, you're always going to cry. Boys are men. Are, boys and men are always going to make you cry and stuff like that." And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, not once has Yannick ever ever disrespected me or ever has made me mad to the point that i have to cry or ever insulted me or or just simply be disrespectful to me to make me cry and i'm just sitting there and i'm like are you guys really settling for these type of people that just make you feel miserable and i'm not gonna lie before yannick i have i've had terrible relationships like i've had really bad relationships like the people i've dated have been you know not the best some of them yes but others have been like oh my goodness like i can't believe i actually put myself through that so i'm not one to to criticize um but there is the grass is greener on the other side and just because you have years of 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 working somewhere or years in a relationship that doesn't mean you're not going to find anything better that doesn't mean that you can't start your your life all over again i mean i would be I would be more scared to be stuck in a relationship or stuck in a job um, just because I'm comfortable there and just because I'm I'm scared to to get out of my comfort zone. I would be more scared of all the opportunities I'm losing being stuck there than getting out of my comfort zone. And for me, uh, leaving this job was just, no, I could not take and, it. And it, it. It's actually impressive how many times we settle. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Manatee says, better never tr trouble trouble until trouble troubles you. Be better never trouble trouble until trouble troubles you, for you only make your trouble double when you do. Oh my goodness, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's a tongue twister. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, the twisted mind. Steve is here. Yeah, he was. I don't think he's here right now. Oh. But uh, I didn't see his comment. No, it's before you showed up. Um, but yeah, so uh, I want you to reflect on how many times you've settled and accepted things that weren't working. I want you to reflect on how many times you've uh, overextended something that wasn't working to the degree you wanted it to, but it was working just enough for you to just be like, okay, I'll keep this going the way it is. Yeah. I also want you to reflect on how many times you've had these ambitions and these goals, but it was scary. It was hard. It was, it was outside of your comfort zone, and you took a step or two, and then you failed. And you made that failure fatal, and you gave up. No. For example, Des, yesterday, just succeeded fully filming her own video, for a, a, a video for YouTube, by herself in the room, editing it, by herself and uploading it. In the past, I would put up the cameras, I would kind of direct her, I would edit her, and this was the first time she did the whole process by herself. I had to maybe help with one or two things, like, oh, here's where you find that. And that, that was it. And uh, I remember a few months ago, she was like, I, I'll never be able to edit, I won't be able to sit still in front of a computer for so long, and like I would get too frustrated and I can't do it. But all of a sudden, she got excited. She got inspired again. And she kind of found something that she's very inspired about, which is shopping. Obviously, you've heard her talk about her 
shopaholic uh, addiction to shopping. And uh, she wanted to make a video about getting tips for saving money and, and uh, couponing and all that sort of stuff on, on a website that she uses for clothes. And she was so excited for this video that she filmed it without even telling me. <laughs> yeah. She <laughs> came up to me one day and she was like, I want to edit a video. Can I edit a video? Which computer can I edit on? I was like, well, I have installed this software and this one you can do that. I was like, okay. And then she actually sat for two days straight for several hours editing a video on the computer. And she's one of those people that she claims she can't sit on a computer for more than an hour. <laughs> she claims she can't. Unless I'm teaching. Unless she's teaching. Or she's editing a video where she's regenerating, watching herself, and she's happy about what she's doing. <laughs> Unless she's playing a video game with friends or with family, and she loses track of time. Yeah. Unless this or that <laughs> or that. Unless. But if you ask her, can you sit still? No. Can you sit in front of a computer? <laughs> no. Uh, it's, uh, it's like, uh, I have to be moving. I have to be doing other stuff. Yeah. But she doesn't. It's just about sometimes... There's so much burden, so much pressure, so much fear, so much insecurity. And a lot of it is subconscious. Many times we don't even consciously process when we are giving so much power to our fears. Sometimes there's fear of failure, fear of messing up. And we're like, okay, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it halfway. Just to say I've done it, enough to feel like I kind of explored it, but not enough to actually finish it. Yeah. And one of the fun things about Des is, Sometimes she tries to convince me she can't do things. And she gets surprised by my patience because I'm very, very patient. And I just go like, uh-huh, okay. Don't worry about it. You don't need to worry about it. You don't need to do this yet. But yeah, I'm just going to plant this seed. I'm going to just set this up in case you want to explore it. And then she's like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to explore that. I can't do that. She kind of stays in her comfort zone for some periods. And then I just kind of set everything up in front of her and I just kind of go like, it's there in case you ever want it. And then all of a sudden, she feels more ready to face it. And yeah. what does she do? She goes, oh, I want to do this now. Oh, I want to do that now. Oh, I can do this. <laughs> and uh, Begonia says, yeah, I've been making every little mistake, like the worst thing for the last six or seven years. I feel guilty and embarrassed of saying this, but I've been stuck here for so long, so it's taking a lot off of me to force myself to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah. It's tough to get out of your comfort zone, especially when you've been there a, for an extended period of time. And she says, I just try to remember my goal is greater than my fears. Yes. Yeah. That is essential. Yeah. And it's very, very important to actively remind yourself of that in different ways. Some does what she does is she has vision boards. She writes notes on little whiteboards and puts it on her desk with her goals to remind herself. Sometimes they're nice, sometimes they're not. Yeah, sometimes she puts goals that are kind of mean to herself. <laughs> That's a different story. Sometimes she puts like these snarky comments to herself. Like, it's what? what is it? It's better to do exercise than to fat? No, <laughs> no. Um, what, what I don't know what that one was. It was something like, uh, it's better to... Hey, no, it's better to have a panic attack or or it's better to die and exercise or kill yourself. I don't know. Something about exercise and feeling uncomfortable uh, while doing exercise than being 
than than being fat or than being a size L, something like that. I yeah. look at myself and I put this comment and Yannick was just all like, I'm not even going to read that. That's mean. <laughs> but the thing is, I've been forcing myself to do exercise for the longest time, which I haven't been able to. Uh, so I thought maybe being stopping nice to myself and being mean would help. But no, that didn't help either. Man, Jesus, what could be a bad goal this? Oh, for me, a bad goal? Um, well, I do have, uh, one that I've been telling Yannick for a while now, since I started gaining weight. And, and I guess that bad goal was, um, for me was trying to be a size zero again. Um, uh, back in, in December when we went to Acapulco, um, I hadn't tried my, my shorts that I, that I used to use when I met Yannick. Obviously when I met Yannick, I was an extra small. I was very, very skinny. I wish we could put like a picture of how bad I was. Uh, but I, I was can. just you I want me to I, it I was, can find something. It was overwhelming. Like mm. like it was bad. Um and and I and I all my all my shorts were, were size zero or double zero and and that was what? That was back in when I met you, June, probably, May, June. And then December came around and and we were gonna go back to Acapulco. So I tried all my little shorts on and none of them closed. So that was very that was very uh eye opening for me because it, it was very hard for me to swallow that pill. And as soon as I um as soon as I found that out, the first thing I told myself, I'm going to keep these shorts because my goal is to be a size zero again. I don't want to be anything bigger than that. And so I took my shorts to Acapulco to remind myself of how big I was getting. Um, and yeah, I ended up selling them. <laughs> I ended up selling them because it was not it was not healthy for me. Obviously, I did regret it. But uh, afterwards, because I was like, oh, my goodness, now I'm never going to know how skinny I am. And, and that was like my measurement. And like, yeah. So obviously afterwards, I regretted it. And I was like, I shouldn't have sold my shorts. I should have kept them. That would have been like a, a way for me to to measure how like, yeah. But um, yeah, that's that would be a really bad goal. Like like setting something really, really unhealthy, self-destructive, self-destructive. And till this day, I'm not even going to lie. I fantasize of being that size again. And but it's because uh, my whole life I've had an eating disorder. My whole life I I've known nothing but this. And then the first time ever, I'm finally bigger. <laughs> and 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 now I don't. I, I no longer have the luxury to starve myself because I've starved myself so many times that now it's like my body can't deal with it. And and so that that makes me even more frustrated because I'm used to not eating for four days and that solves the problem usually. And now it's like I can't do that. So now it is like now I have to literally sit down and deal with this whole situation and sit down and really change my diet, really change my do more exercise if I want a healthier fit. Um, and right now I am healthy. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not like big or huge, but I do have a belly. I do have, I do look in the mirror and I'm like, I don't like how this outfit looks on me and, and stuff. And, and, and yeah, I guess one of the worst goals can be, um, something that can self-destruct you. Yeah. It's the, the thing is when we have goals, we have to take the time to identify how can I achieve what I want to achieve in a way that's kind to myself, kind to others, where I don't burn bridges, where I don't destroy things, in a non-destructive way in general. Like, And sadly, sometimes there are shortcuts that are very tempting. But yeah. those shortcuts, in the case of Des, lead her to end up in a hospital bed, lead her to miss out on her graduation, lead her to miss out on 
several different opportunities and lead to a lot of different other problems. So when we talk about getting out of our comfort zone, we have to understand that we should not fall into temptations of having quick fixes for things or quick replacements for things. For Des, the process of getting out of her comfort zone of destroying herself has been a challenge because it's been like... I'm going to be honest. It, it, it's been a challenge, but it hasn't been that big of a challenge. And one of the main reasons it hasn't been like, oh my goodness, I forget how to forget to eat or something. It's because I, I, was for, I was anorexic for years to the point that I damaged my body. If I still had my my body as healthy and was able to to go through four days of starving myself again i would still be doing it in some sort of way because i i wouldn't feel like i wouldn't feel sick i wouldn't i wouldn't feel the consequences uh yet so i'm thankful there's a side of me that's thankful that that this happened and that it wasn't it didn't get to like something really really serious and my body was able to to be like hey i'm not gonna keep up with this like i'm getting really sick and and it, Every single meal that you miss, I'm going to start getting really, really sick to get your attention. Um, because I do know girls push it to a point that they, they, they go to, to an extreme that they no longer have normal lives. Um, so I am thankful in some way for, th for that. I'm fully thankful. When I have uh, bad days where I literally feel fat and stuff, I hate myself for that. Because now I, I hate my body for that. Because I'm just like, if only you could just suck it up for for one more year and just let me be skinny and i'll figure it out from there uh but it's honestly it was a it was a blessing to for my body to to react that way and to be like hey i'm no longer gonna let you do this i'm no longer gonna let you uh put yourself through this and 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 it was able to warn me before something really 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 bad yeah and and we have to reflect on how many of the things that we consider our comfort zone are destroying us? Because, for example, she still idolizes sometimes this older body of hers. But then I and sometimes she goes like, I just wish I could go back and to be skinny and to be this and to be that, right? And then I ref ask her, what type of relationships did you have? What? How was your mental state back then? Uh, how 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 was your day to day? And she sometimes you go like, oh, this was better, and this was better, this was better. And I challenge her, like, really reflect. And then she goes, no, honestly, my, me back then would, like, would do anything to be me today. And, like, yes, anxiety sucks. But at the same time, there's, like, I didn't even imagine these things being possible. And sometimes your body will tell you, will tell you, like, okay, this thing that you think is your comfort zone is not healthy. Um, but you go a little bit beyond... Uh, the the eating disorder uh, narrative because uh, I'm sure that there are people that have other situations. If you if you guys have something specific, let us know. If you have a very clear case of I want to step out of my comfort zone in this area, but it's very hard. Begonia, for example, you're talking about you being stuck in your comfort zone for the last six seven years. What what is the next step? What does it look like for you? Uh, and uh, Begonia says, I think I tend to confuse being productive to harming myself. I totally understand that. And only thing that stops me from starving myself again is all the damage I've already done to my body. But I totally connect with being successful in, in the eating disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm so afraid 
to have like uh, of having to go back to hell uh, to success. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a strong one. That's a strong one. Uh, that's literally how I feel every single day. That the only thing stopping me from from eating and from going back to that habit is the fact that my body can no longer take it. Like this morning, for example, uh, what did we, I had a I had Jello and I had a protein bar, right? And and I thought, okay, this could be, make me full for a little bit. And 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 in the past, I would have that for like the whole entire day, and then I would only have dinner and. You know, nothing happened. I could go to school. I could do whatever. And and I even felt stronger when I didn't eat than when I did eat. Um, and then what happened? Uh, a few, two hours, three hours later after cleaning, I started to get really hungry and really dizzy. And I was like, okay. So I went to the kitchen. And obviously, instead of making something like, instead of grabbing chips or something, I made myself actual food. And I, I what did I do? I got uh, some avocado toast. So I toasted a bagel and avocado and egg and stuff. And I made a very healthy meal. Um, so yeah, in a way, it's very good for us to for our bodies to be like i'm no longer taking this bullshit it's time for you to eat or you're gonna pass out uh and i'm very happy that 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 that's happened but yeah i, I think that sometimes we can get really mad of ourselves especially me i can get really mad at myself for not for not my for my body not being strong enough to you know hey just wait for a year more or just wait till i'm this size again and then you can start being destructive <laughs> but but um i guess it, we could we can look at it as a good way and that's how i've been looking at it like i'm not getting sick anymore i'm i'm here and yes i have anxiety but i'm here begonia <laughs> uh, says but i uh, she says ha 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 i know it's nuts but i totally get it hunger made me feel strong Yeah. So being strong in a different way is so unusual for me. Yes. Wow. For me, it's t it's completely unusual wow. to feel strong uh, in like a healthy way. Like I'm, I no longer get colds. I no longer get like sick. Uh, I no longer get like the flu or anything like that. It, it's so weird for me not to be able to have that. Like every three months, I would get like a really bad cold. I would lose my voice. I would get a really bad uh, throat infection. I would get an ear infection. Like I would get everything every three months. And I thought it was completely normal. I was like, oh, it's that time of year again. Blah. Blah, blah blah um but every time i didn't eat i felt stronger like i remember going to high school and i would four days without eating four days straight the only way that i would get something in my system was i would have these little pieces of candy in my backpack and i would have one in the morning before school i would have one for lunch and then i would have one in the afternoon but full meals like i would not eat full meals for four days and and if i felt strong i felt fucking strong and then by the time the fourth day hit i would i would have dinner because then my parents would be like hey we haven't seen you eat recently or something like that and then i would be like fine i'll have dinner but then i would only have like for example like enchiladas my mom would make enchiladas and i would add more lettuce and more vegetable to it than the actual enchilada so i would just eat like two but it would be more full with like vegetables and things and then you went on a date with a meditarian yeah and then and i met and then i met yannick and, and i told him i don't eat meat and then the I, for, first morning that i spent with him that i made her a delicious <laughs> burger <laughs> literally made me a burger with no vegetables 
just the bun and the meat. And I was like, what the fuck? And I'm like, did I not tell you that I, I'm a vegetarian? And, and a few days later, she started asking me, can I have a meat burger, please? <laughs> and I was like, a meat burger? It's a burger. You don't have to say meat burger. And she's like, yeah, there are all kinds of alternative burgers. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. There is. There's like this, there's this, um, there's this burger, one of my favorites, that's mushrooms and lentils. Uh, and it's basically, you make the meat like that and it's really good. Like I, I, I love that burger, but Yannick, it would be something so disgusting and so, so out of this world. Uh, uh so for me, I would be like, oh, can you make me a meat burger? But I mean, I am strong. I no longer, like I said in the last podcast, um, what, what a few months ago, everybody got this virus in the apartment and then the other apartment, I think. Right. Like everybody got it. Um, except for me. <laughs> you've Someone, been, you've been here over a year now and uh, I've gotten a cold or a flu two or three times. And you've been around me 24 seven and you haven't gotten any. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, there was a bug going around and everybody got it. Steve got it. The guys got it. Yana got it. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And then everybody got better and he never got it. <laughs> OK, there's there, there's some there's some good comments here. Uh, so Manatee first on a more serious note, like, like you're controlling everything. Is that where your strengths come from? Feeling that you're in control? Yeah. Uh, and Begonia says it's more like being untouchable, invincible, like basically when you're going through anything where you have a specific goal and you get very quick results at first. You have discipline. And you have the discipline. It's like it makes you feel powerful and makes you feel untouchable. Yeah. But the problem is sooner or later it comes back to bite you because you're taking a shortcut that's unhealthy and self-destructive and your relationships are going to suffer, your health is going to suffer, yeah. you, uh, your energy is going to suffer, your mood is going to suffer. All kinds of things are going to kind of go downhill. Yeah. But uh, And here's a brilliant comment. Uh, Manatee says... I'm on a seafood diet. I see food and I eat it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a brilliant diet. I'm a little too picky to be that simple in my definition. I'm a lot more like a meditarian, carbohydratarian. <laughs> Medo carbohydratarianism. And Nutella. It's... He eats a lot of Nutella. Yeah, but I haven't bought Nutella in the last three weeks. What are you talking about? I literally just threw away two. Those are from three weeks ago. I haven't, oh. I haven't bought Nutella. They used to call me the Nutella man growing up. I would always, every day at school, come with my lunchbox, nicely packed by my parents, with a little piece of bread, like a bun, and with Nutella in it. That was my lunch every single day. And all the other kids were jealous because they had all these healthy, boring things. <laughs> and they would look at me and they would be like, you're the Nutella man, Nutella man. And they would criticize me. I'm like... I I prefer being called the Nutella man and enjoy my my Nutella sandwich than eat your your food. So yeah, you can bully me and make fun of me, but I'm gonna eat my Nutella. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's brilliant. <laughs> and uh, uh, Begonia says, I guess I haven't found the way of being successful without being dis uh, without the destructive part. And I just don't get to uh, I I just don't get to get my butt back. Ah. So basically, she needs to get her butt back to work. Uh, and ha, 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 I love your diet. I have, yeah. the, I, I have the best diet. I hope that it's mine that you're complimenting and <laughs> yours because my diet is better, clearly, because <laughs> Nutella, bread. Well, it's, it's, 
I, for example, for for me, I can't have Nutella every single day. I, I mean, I can, I can if I want to. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. But I do have to take care of myself. But Yannick has been very supportive with me. Like for example, yesterday he, I it was a really bad day for us. Uh, but he got me this salad from Subway, and I didn't know Subway had really good salads. But anyway, they were amazing, and now I'm obsessed with these salads. Um, but I guess it's just uh, it's having a balance i'm not gonna lie i yesterday's problem yesterday was a tough day for both me and yannick because the main reason why is because i woke up and it was like i i the little voice that always tells me i'm fat i call her anna because of anorexia and and she was just all like oh hi you're fat you can't fit in any of your clothes we're gonna have a tantrum for the next six hours that was literally my day yesterday that was my day yesterday and for me to get out of that comfort zone that i was in that at this cycle that i'm in every single day of my life since i was born it was so difficult for me to to get out of there like when i did try to get out of there i would i would do things halfway and then i would melt down again like it literally took me like three hours to get myself dressed i ended up putting on some sweatpants and a jacket and 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 that was pretty much it and then and then we were at the eating place and then there were so many people and then i was just like i no longer want to be here and then that was a whole nother drama for like the next two hours and uh we ended up just getting subway and um but no, it's it's this cycle that I'm in that it's so terrifying. And when I try to get out, it pulls me back in. But I guess it's just it's one day at a at a time. And 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 right now it's it's been shit. <laughs> it's been shit because uh I've been stressed, Yannick has been stressed, um, the, my weight problem and then just just overall everything that's going on the changes and everything and and i i just get really bad panic attacks a few days they've been 20s they haven't even been 10s they've been 20s no, 30s been a, it's been a crazy period and by the way begonia was complimenting manatee's seafood diet uh. <laughs> just for context but i still like my diet more uh and it says uh, she says ha, 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 lately i can't stand salads or vegetables anymore uh, I guess I just got tired of Anna and her stupid rules and diets. I guess I'm ready to just live life. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Even uh, my body's tired of vegetables. Uh, yeah. No, and that's also been your case a yeah. bit. That like I've tried to buy you more vegetables and things, kind of to not feel guilty that I've kind of converted you too much to my diet. But we buy vegetables, and you're like, my body is asking for meat. My body is asking for something like, substantial. Like I mean, I can have salads and stuff. But before, let's say, uh, back when I was in 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 college, what I would take to to work and to to college in the morning was like this little salad that with a bunch of with a bunch of things because I was vegan back then, and so. I was able to survive with all of these things and a lot of and a lot of fruit and stuff and non-processed things. And I was able to have a perfect life. I, I was going to the gym. I was able to have a lot of energy. Um, but now with the lifestyle that I have and how quick it moves, I if I have a salad, it needs to have chicken in it. Like I cannot yeah. just have the salad. 
Uh, and now I add more things like salt and pepper and vinegar and olive oil, like to make it interesting. And before I told myself, I'm not going to add any of these things. I need just the vegetables. And now I can't eat vegetables like that. Like I oh. can't eat them anymore. No, I mean, when, when we met, you would eat flavorless stuff. I'm surprised the stuff you could eat back then. <laughs> no, salt has always been a problem for me. I don't like salt. So it, like, it's really hard Except for me to... Except lava salt. Oh, lava salt. No, I'm a I introduced fan. I introduced Des to this thing called lava salt. It's the best thing ever. It It's salt that's literally from like... It has lava. It's black. It's awesome. It has a like a nice taste to it. It's 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 different. Like, if you ever like get into cooking a lot, you can buy these kits that have different salts from different oceans around the world and you can start comparing the different flavors of salt and you realize that there's actually a whole world of salts. And when I studied tourism and hospitality management, one of the chefs gave me a set of all kinds of different salts and I got to start exploring different salts and I, I was surprised how much difference there is between them. So she has learned that there are salts she does like, but like basic salts she doesn't like. No, um, I, 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 ever since I tried lava salt, I didn't go, I don't go back to basic salt anymore. I'm just like, mm -mm, no. And Begonia says, ha, 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 I know once you try food, you can't go back to starving yourself. I don't know how I did that. Yeah, me too. I just don't know how I went four days without eating. I'm like, oh my goodness. And the, when I have bad days, I'm just like, why can't I be that disciplined anymore? But most of the time I'm just all like, oh my goodness, the things I missed out on. <laughs> No, the things I've had to educate Des on in terms of food and options and things, she's just been like, oh my goodness, this is so good. I have no idea what this is. Wow. Oh no, I w the one date that we went, uh, this one day, uh, Yannick took me to La Mansión, which is a really nice restaurant, and they had arrochera, and he told me, do you like arrochera? And I was like, I hate arrochera. Like, I tried one once. It's basically, it's steak for, for those that don't know. Yeah. It's, and, it's a type of ste marinated steak, wonderful steak. And we went to this, like, really nice restaurant. And I, like, the first arrochera that I tried was by the beach. It was really cheap. It was, like, 200 pesos, something like that. And I was like, and then Yannick took me to this restaurant and then I was like oh my goodness this is amazing and I remember I had bought a Caesar salad because I was like you know I don't eat this I'm I'm vegetarian I don't eat this I'm gonna get a Caesar salad and as soon as I tried that the the steak I was like fuck this and I put my salad aside and I just ate I ended up eating uh your whatever Yannick I was having <laughs> and ever since then she's been like oh my goodness I love this and Megonia says, maybe it's all about learning how to be disciplined without killing ourselves in the process. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, it, that's a very kind of... Uh, can we flip it around a little bit to make it less of a burden? I don't love the word discipline and death in a motivational sentence. Like <laughs> It's like, I have to be disciplined without killing myself in the process like it's like <laughs> it's like you're just settling for the bare minimum like i mean try to include a little bit of passion a little bit of direction a little bit of excitement a little bit of like uh, finding some new goals to kind of replace those toxic ones you know it's like it's like okay maybe my bar of what is like basically in develop you i'm going to talk about diversifying measures of success diversifying measures of value so if you grow up in a family that where everyone is uh, in the military and you have a bad back and you don't make it into the military, you're going to feel like shit. If you grow up in a family of doctors and everyone tells you you have to be a doctor to be successful and you don't become a doctor, you're going to feel like shit. If you live in a family with very critical people and 
that have insulted your body and your weight and things like that. And you've concluded that the way to be valuable and to be successful is to have a skinny body because that's the, the, what your family or your society or the media, whatever it is, uh, that has made you conclude that that is the definition of success. And you make that your number one priority. If you don't succeed it exactly the way you've made it in your mind, then you're going to feel like shit. Yeah. And Des, for example, this is one of the challenges she's having. She has grown this whole year. She has created relationships. She has created friendships that she doesn't even believe are real. Like sometimes she turns around to me and is like, is this real? Is this real? When is it going to start feeling real? Because she can't even believe it. She can't even process it sometimes. And she's created a career out of something that she's wonderful at. She has, she's... she's exploring projects and side projects that she's always dreamt up and she's actually doing stuff and it's spectacular all the stuff she's growing all the stuff she's exploring but she takes this one thing this one measure of success and she devalues everything else she goes i am still fat that's what she tells herself she goes it doesn't matter that I'm uh, making more money than before. It doesn't matter that I'm having better classes and better students. It doesn't matter that I'm finally doing a YouTube video every now and then. It doesn't matter that I'm finally doing some game streaming. It doesn't matter that I have a healthy relationship without jealousy and toxicity and, and controllingness and this and that. It doesn't matter that I find I'm in a safe place where I can be myself and I can be anxious without getting yelled at. It doesn't matter all of that because... I prefer to be skinny. And sometimes she gives so much power to that little voice that she goes, I want to go back and lock myself up in my room and starve myself for three months and I will be much better. And then in three months, I can be back to the perfect body and I'm ready to throw everything else away because I want to be that person. And ultimately, that's not fully true in the sense that she has many different things that make her excited, make her that, that are valuable. But by making that one thing, Thing so important, she devalues everything else. Oh, my leg is asleep. Ooh, ouch. Um, <laughs> and, and that's the thing. You have to be aware that if you do not diversify your measures of success, if you do not take the time to celebrate other things, if you do not make sure that you do not devalue what you are doing, like make sure not to devalue what you're doing because you haven't achieved this one thing that you made so important. Uh, and... Uh, I think she just had a big breakthrough. So let's see here. Uh, She goes, this is what's got me stuck. I just found out with this podcast. Wow. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, no. I do the same. And she goes, now I get what Bere and Itzel have been trying to tell me about being grateful about what I've accomplished. Yes, no. Bere and Itzel always, always, always. Tell me, Des, you you you're doing this, you're doing that, and they're very good at reminding me of how far I've 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 gone. And but sometimes like they they have to remind me of it because I I tend to forget that. Like today, uh, the first thing yesterday, the first thing that I woke up to is like, oh my goodness, I'm fat. I did not care the fact that th- this this month I'm gonna be making way more money than I've ever made in my whole entire life. Uh, I did not care about that. I did not care about the fact that I just survived my first week of, um, of, uh, 
what the the new school year um i did not care about the fact that i'm doing my job better and i have gotten the hang of of the way i'm supposed to be giving classes now um and how good the director has been been admiring my classes and my growth and just like two classes that i've that i've given so far um so i did not care about anything of that the only thing that mattered was oh my goodness i'm fat i'm not the size that i am and i like i cried all day yesterday yesterday was bad it was really bad for both of us um but Bere and Itel are always very good at bringing me down to earth and telling me, like, you have accomplished this. You are not lazy. You're not this. You're not that. And they're very good at reminding me th- about this. And Itel especially, I I look up to Itel because her story and how she has faced anxiety. And, and I see her and I'm just like, someday I'm going to be uh, as strong and as normal as Itzel is because Itzel also went through a lot of anxiety uh, growing up and she went through years of of uh of battling herself and on and battling against anxiety and all of that and fighting against it and and even though sometimes I lose faith and stuff uh in the middle of my panic attack I sometimes remember Itzel and her story and I'm just like I got this I got this I got this like I, I'm no, gonna I, survive it's it's very very important to celebrate all all the advancements even if they're not the one thing that you're making super super incredibly important uh did i read the one now i i get what but and itself have been trying to yeah, tell me that one, one i read uh and then she goes actually right now i'm thinking yes you've accomplished great things i haven't <laughs> that's oh that's bad uh okay okay i have to stop this awful uh, uh Voice, I imagine voice or thinking uh-huh. uh, right now, and uh, it hasn't got me anything good or anywhere fun or joyful. And Manatee says, "Yeah, Itzel is a great inspiration." Yeah, the thing is, we are worst enemy. Yeah, voice. That's what I imagined. Uh, we all are our worst enemies, and we are so good at devaluing what we do. We are so good at comparing ourselves to others, comparing ourselves to where we want to be, uh, and saying it's not enough. We haven't done enough because we're not there yet. You are an expert at that. Yeah. Oh no, I'm an expert in that. Like I always tell Yannick, like I, uh, I always put myself down, and I always tell him, "You are so successful. You've created this, developed your element thing." And I'm more like, "I'm nothing compared to you and stuff." And I'm really good at putting myself down. But the uh, honest, honestly, the only thing that we're supposed to be comparing ourselves to is ourselves and how much we've grown and. F- uh what a year and six months ago i would never imagine that i would be here with yannick uh in this apartment in this city and and living my best life um i mean it's it's amazing no, i'm i'm gonna give full disclosure and this is like my fireside doesn't like being this this honest but you guys have earned it because you guys always have our backs this last year or two for me have been the most difficult years for me but also the ones with the most growth and the most learning moments and where I've achieved most things. But like, if we look at how the pandemic hit me versus how it hit her, you would think that because of her anxiety, she would be worse. You would think because I'm this kind of person who works with personal development that I would not have even gotten remotely affected, right? You would assume these things. Guess who has done a better job adapting to the pandemic and making money during the pandemic and 
like just kind of learning and growing during the pandemic are the two of us. Who do you think adapted faster and better? <laughs> yeah, with a lot of tantrums and a lot of crying and a lot of anxiety and yeah, more kind of dramatic in the process, but she adapted better than me. She's actually been more successful during the pandemic than before the pandemic. When I when the pandemic had me, I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do with this. All of everything got canceled, all the events, my whole career, everything is on hold. What do I do now? I have no idea what to do. This means I need to go online more and oh my goodness, and this is like weird and okay. And it's just a lot of insecurities for me. And she was like, I've got this. And yeah, she would beat herself up, but she would keep taking steps every day. She would get up and she would like look for more opportunities and she would try new things and she tried everything. Like you have no idea how many things she tried. I mean, she even tried selling foot pictures. Like feet pics. Like she was like, oh my goodness, there are people that have foot fetishes. I'm gonna sell pictures of my feet. Like she was like on super creative mode. Like <laughs> I'm like, this pandemic is an opportunity, and I'm just gonna look at all these things. And like that's not the words that came out of her mouth, it's her actions. <laughs> yeah i even hit up like my old students that i had in acapulco and i was like wait these kids are not going to school <gasps> i can give online classes to them so the first thing i did was i hit up all these old students that i used to give uh classes to uh, to in acapulco and i was like hey do you guys want classes online because i know you guys are going on lockdown and yeah then i ended up getting online students <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she goes so putting myself down is not going to take me out of my comfort zone thank you so much for this podcast <laughs> yeah no it will not <laughs> and then two little feet uh, emojis but and that's the thing like she has beaten herself up a lot during the the pandemic but with words and with voices but she's been battling the voices she said act like she told me like this voice says this to me this voice says this to me this voice says this to me this voice is being extra loud i don't want to hear them and there are days where oh my goodness they take over and it's a nightmare but like bad uh <laughs> bad uh did i say bad uh, but at the same time she constantly is fighting those voices and i'm very proud of her fighting those voices no yeah it could literally be like 12 a.m and i'm just like it could be midnight and i'm just sitting there and all of a sudden i'm just like Yannick, are you doing this? Are you doing that? And then it's like questions that I would never ask myself. No. Uh, and then I'm like, it's because the, the, my voice, the, the main one, the, the main mean one, I gave her this ugly name called Patricia. I'm sorry if your name's Patricia, but I just really think that name is ugly. I hope we don't have people called Patricia. <laughs> I don't have a Patricia. I just, just don't really like that name. <laughs> so I gave her this name. It's live, so we can't even cut it out. <laughs> Like, I like the name. If anyone is called Patricia here, I like that. Name. I don't like the name. <laughs> and I just like, I'm just like, Yannick, Patricia's saying this and this and that. And then and then Yannick's all like, okay, no. And there's this one time that out of nowhere, it was like 3 a.m. And I'm like, Yannick, Patricia's saying that you have someone else and you're talking to someone else and you're on your phone all the time and you're not like, you don't even want to be with me anymore and blah, blah. And Yannick is like half asleep. And he's so like, babe grab my phones and just check them and i'm just like no like i'm not gonna do that that's not me i don't check phones i've never checked phones i don't like that i really think that's really bad and i've i just think that you really have to have a low self-esteem in order for you to check someone's phone like i that's something i do not do no matter how crazy i get i just don't do it um 
but yeah like i literally have to sit there and it's random and i have to go up to yannick and ask these questions and i'm just like i'm sorry if i'm being annoying it's just that they're telling me this and if i keep it to myself it gets into like a bigger problem but i've noticed that if i tell yannick every single crazy thing that goes through my mind it's easier for me to cope with it than when i just try to hide it away from him yeah uh, and that's the thing like uh, luckily she knows you can tell me anything and i i have a very relaxed kind of practical reaction to things and uh, manatee says at least you have company all the time yes babe yeah. you're never alone uh, no yeah. no sometimes she's torturing herself in her mind with with all those voices and it's bad um but where was i going with this uh let's see how i can kind of bring it back to the point which as far as i can tell despite this kind of very specific narrative it, it has illustrated some some very important points when we're talking about getting out of our comfort zone, uh, we have to understand that one of the steps to get out of our comfort zone is diversifying our measures of success so that we can celebrate every step that we grow. It also requires us to celebrate when we fail, celebrate when there's uncertainty, and see it as opportunity. Des, one of the things that I really admire about her uh, is she's gone through a shit ton of adversity, a shit ton of very traumatizing events that I just sometimes tell her, like, How, what? How? How did you live through that? And every time she goes through these experiences, yes, it kind of adds more weight on her shoulders and more traumas, more insecurities. But there's also this thing that she does very well is when adversity strikes, she looks for opportunities. I remember at Christmas time, I have a very strained relationship with certain family members. And after my grandfather passed away, I had to see those family members. So I was super drained. I had to step out of my comfort zone to, to see them. And she was very supportive in that moment. And one way of getting out of comfort zone is having good support network. Uh, and she accompanied me, accompanied me in that moment. And uh, I can hardly speak. Um, it was a tough moment for both of us, uh, facing those family members, facing those things. And Christmas for me was, was tough. Um, and, uh, well, New Year's more than Christmas. Uh, and in that period, she started looking for opportunities. And there was even small things like, oh, I'm going to sell my old clothes. I'm going to uh, do this and I'm going to do that. And she kind of distracted me from all the family drama with, okay, we're going to start doing stuff. Here, I can sell this and that. And she wrote to my mom and she's like, what stuff can I sell from the closet? Blah, blah, blah. And Yannick and didn't believe that I could sell it. He was just like, how was much like, could you possibly make? And she sells used clothes for more than what you paid for them sometimes. And <laughs> yeah. I just go like, wow, okay. Mad respect. I do. <laughs> I can buy a dress on sale for like 200 pesos in Bershka and I resell it for like 300. And uh, Begonia says... I could add this if add this thing of not keeping everything to myself and create a support team or something like that. It's super important. Yeah, support network inside and, and also something uh, for for her. Um, something that really helped for for me when I didn't have anybody around because it is really hard for you to find a support network and a team that that's really you know really really there um and and a few uh, a year ago i was left with no friends i was just left with my family um and and like out of all the friends that i had only one or two stayed 
Uh, so it was really difficult for me to to cope with that and to go back to reality of, of not having anybody around. So one of the things that really, really helps is I like writing a lot. And this is how Yannick found out a lot of my traumas through my Instagram, because I would literally write everything that I was could possibly be feeling in that moment. I wrote it on my Instagram. And even though I had like um, I had family members, siblings tell me, why are you writing these things on Instagram? No one needs to know that you want attention. No one needs to know these things. And uh, and it was just uh, <laughs> it was it, it was really hard for me. Like I would get criticized for for talking about these things and writing these things on Instagram. Why are you posting these on social media? But it helped me. It helped me. Uh, <laughs> You're hungry. Yeah, of course I'm hungry. Podcast in Spanish for seven um, and and he has to be really hungry in order to eat in the podcast. And so yeah, writing these things on Instagram really, really made me feel better. It, it made me feel connected. Like I had people commenting and stuff. And and um, obviously back then, since I was going through the worst patch, I didn't have friends reaching out to me, regardless of what they were reading on my Instagram. I didn't. Now that I post things in a whole different place, and and it looks like I'm I'm better, and 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 well, it doesn't look like it. I am better. But since now, I have a lot of friends that unfollowed me and blocked me. I have a lot of friends reaching out to me and being like oh we're so glad you're out of this this dark period and stuff like that and i was like where were all of you when i was posting literally things that i wanted to kill myself on instagram obviously i didn't post it that way but i did post uh many times like i didn't i didn't do it for attention i didn't do it because i was gonna kill myself i knew that i wasn't gonna kill myself i just i it was a way for me to express what was going on in my mind because i didn't have anybody to express that to Um, and so I just decided to block all my family members, block all my siblings, block anybody that could possibly see those, those posts and just write. And eventually I started having people following me because of what I was writing. And that really helped me a lot. After a while, after my family uh, now understands what goes on uh, and now they're very supportive, now I unblock them and, and follow them again on Instagram, regardless of what I post or anything. I'm no longer afraid of what they're going to say. Um, But that was really like a starting point for me. And Yannick, when he met me, he obviously stalked me in all my social medias, of course, and Facebook, Instagram, everything that he could find. And he did read a lot of those uh, or all of them, um, all of those things that I would write. And that's how he found out everything that was going through. One of the ways he found out of everything that was going through my mind. Why did you put a bag of chips in front of me? Now I want to eat. Yeah. Them. Tell Anna to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're getting way too comfortable in this podcast yeah i'm just like here. like this is just like cozy time and like let's have some chips you know have a good time soon i'm gonna as soon i'm gonna pour myself a cognac and i'm season one from the podcast was so formal and then now you're just so like okay we're just gonna have snacks on the show we're gonna have snacks we're gonna have wine like Yeah, I don't drink. Ah, you can have them. Apple juice. Apple juice. Sure. <laughs> uh, Begonia says, I'm used to doing it my own, but maybe I could let people in. And I've thought about creating a YouTube channel for eating disorders in Spanish. As there almost no free support for that in Spanish. I haven't been brave enough to do it. If you want help, uh, let us know. We can help you get into YouTube. If you want to do collaborations, Uh, I'm 
definitely sure that Des would be more than happy to collaborate with you. My YouTube channel, I do talk about my eating disorder. Yes. Obviously, I, I, I'm more comfortable speaking English than I am speaking Spanish because my Spanish is terrible. Mm. It's not bad. And <laughs> it's not bad. I just, I, I, but I she grew, has the same thing I do. I grew that. up in a ghetto place. And no, I didn't grow up in a ghetto place. I, when I moved from Oregon, um, I came to live in a ghetto place in Acapulco. So I learned a lot of phrases that are very ghetto. So I, my, my Spanish is very, very, very ghetto. So that's why I don't like doing things in Spanish. Oh, Manatee, I, I, I hate you. I love you. I love you, but you're mean. She said, what about the Cokes? No, why? you've got enough why? Coke. Why? Why? Babe, do you want to get me a Coke? Do you, wa do you want to order a Coke? <laughs> now I want Coke. But I guess that's what we get because Begonia is saying, now I want chips. So I guess, you know, it's a little <laughs> bit of our own medicine. So <laughs> Begonia says, but what with the po uh, oh, but with the podcast, you've helped so much and I'm reconsidering it. Honestly, let us know if you want help. I'm sure she will, uh, she will, uh, be more than happy to collaborate in Spanish, even if she's a little uncomfortable with Spanish. She's she's done some good podcasts in Spanish um, as well. And I'm thinking of adding that type of um, things you're, you're to, my Spanish, to my Spanish. Um, you're doing game streaming in Spanish, too. Mm -hmm. So so you do a yeah. bunch of... And I've, um, I've been wanting to do those things in Spanish, too. It's just, I, it's like, it's a matter of me getting comfortable speaking Spanish and being a bit more educated. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, the vocabulary, it's a lot of technical vocabulary that mm -hmm. that you you would have to learn in, in Spanish. I know when I started doing personal development, and when I started Develop Development, I swear I didn't know how to say this Arroyo Persona. I didn't know how to say personal development. I literally was explaining what I did to my neighbor when I was living in Querétaro in Mexico. And uh, I was like, I don't know what it's called in Spanish, but this is what I do. It's personal development. And she just said, Desarrollo Personal. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Now I know what I do in Spanish. <laughs> but yeah, no, and Begonia, uh, well, Manati says, I love you too. I'm not being mean. No, I know you're not being mean. We just ran out of Coke. Uh, and, <laughs> and Begonia says, your Spanish is fine. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. your Spanish is great. Honestly, it's, it's much better than what mine was for many years. Um, and uh, uh, Begonia says, and as you got professional help, you could give a great perspective. Yeah, you could. I mean, yeah. honestly, you've, you've, you have a lot of stories. Have you watched her uh, YouTube video on anorexia? Go on Desi Coco on YouTube, and there's a video on anorexia, which was pretty good. Um, that's worth watching. And uh, Manati says, you, you, you both speak great, perfect Spanish and English. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was made fun of in high school and college for not speaking so well um, in Spanish, and people would tell me like, "Oh, you your face is all Mexican and you can't speak Spanish," and it's just like Spanish is very hard. <laughs> it is very very hard. I failed most of my uh, Spanish classes all through middle school and high school because I it's really difficult to learn. It's easy to talk and speak and stuff, but it's very difficult when you get into the technical stuff and the writing and los acentos and I don't know how to. But, but accents, anytime I have to do a post, I have to grab my phone because my phone puts the accents by itself. Yeah. I have no idea how to do it. Yeah, me neither. I, I have no idea when to put accents. So it's it's really, no. No, for me, it was it's the genders. It was like the things that objects are, are male or female. I never understood See, that. Yeah. That, that, was, that was like, ah. Uh, yeah, that was bad. It's crazy because in English, that doesn't exist. <laughs> chair is a chair and that's it. And in Spanish, it's like, 
the female chair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, we're getting very sidetracked, but we're getting very comfortable. Thank you, guys. Seriously, this is awesome. I, I, we needed this. I was uh, getting anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> um, Begonia says, uh, "No, I haven't, but I will watch it. Definitely watch it because, like, that was a big, a big moment for for Des making that video. Uh, and uh, it helped. It, yeah, people. It, no, and it helped you too. I remember. I remember it. it but actually, it." You should mention your l little cousin or your your family member or m I don't know if they're watching and it's a good idea. But basically, she has a, a relative that is going through the same thing, and uh, she told Des that she has watched that video every day for two months straight, mm -hmm. and that it helped her a lot. And no. uh, Des didn't think anyone would pay attention. And one of the ways, one of the reasons why she gets up every day and keeps fighting. And, and keeps fighting with her anxiety and her eating disorders and all these things is because she says, you know, at some point this will help people enough that I will feel that it was worth it for me to go through it. And sometimes she tells me that at nighttime and she reflects and I was like, you know what, I'm I'm kind of glad I went through it. Like and I don't want I can to have two modes. I can either be like crazy depressive Anna state or i could be like oh my gosh life is good i'm feeling amazing i'm such an awesome person <laughs> i can either it either goes both ways yeah. there's no middle point for me and begonia says and i have family dealing with eating disorders and i'd like to give this person a list of options yeah honestly um fun fact about me the first time i had to help someone in a kind of personal development process was when my best friend in college uh, I discovered her vomiting blood. And uh, it turned out that she was anorexic, she was bulimic, and she was taking laxatives, and she was doing everything to lose weight possible. And she had hid it from everyone up until that point. And I had to go to her... I went to her house, and on her wall, she had pictures, like magazine pictures of every model, every actress every person that had the perfect body according to her and she had her whole wall from floor to ceiling filled with that and she like together like i remember that moment where i pulled down all of those images that were on the wall and her on a ball crying on the floor and that was one of the very first moments that i helped someone in a personal development journey it was with eating disorders and since then I keep getting surprised how common it is, how frequent I meet people with that, uh, with a similar story or a similar situation, and the amount of people I've had to help uh, through that or accompany or or kind of just be there for them in their process, it's surprising. And there have been people that I never suspected that years later have told me, you know what? when I knew you, I was going through that. And I go like, whoa, how did you hide it so well? And people are good at hiding. No, it's pretty easy to ha hide an eating disorder. Like, I mean, I went through it my whole life, my whole teen years. And my parents would notice, like, oh, you're getting skinny. But never, like, how does she not eat? How does she not? Like, it was easy for me to hide things from from them um, because I was so good at hiding. And there's there there are um, groups that you get in in um that are all Annas and that are all uh, people that have eating disorders. And there are really good tips for you to hide it, really good yeah. tips for you to, to, to do these things. And, but what they don't tell you is everything that comes afterwards. Yeah. No, no, that's because they're in it and, and they're going to justify and, and, and provide you information to 
kind of hold on to that comfort zone. And uh, like everyone says, it's the easiest thing to do. Uh, yeah, and it's it's shocking. Uh, it's 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 very sad when you realize how many people go through that uh, every day. And like I've been trying to steer steer away from the, the eating disorder narrative in this po- uh, this podcast, but I think it it's 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 an important one, and and it's it's not one that you need to avoid. But to to provide a little bit of balance, uh, identify how many times you're using either an eating disorder or whether you're using alcoholism or drugs or toxic relationships or drama or something to maintain you in a kind of status quo and maintain you in a place that's comfortable uh no begonia don't don't apologize uh she's like i'm sorry just turned the podcast into a, a, a an eating disorder podcast no 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 mm-hmm. actually it 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 goes very much in line with with this and actually i'm reflecting on the fact that it, this was actually necessary uh, and it it does have to do with comfort zone, and yeah, because it, it's really hard to get out of that cycle unless you're really really sick, um, or like me that I got really really sick to the point that I was like I had seizures. Uh, I had a seizure. Yeah. Um, if that wouldn't have happened to me, I would still be doing that. I would still be starving myself. Yeah. I would still be out of like wanting this small little body if I wouldn't have gotten sick twice. And it took two times for me to get really, really sick and to lose everything um, in order for me to be like, girl, wake the fuck up. You're hurting yourself. Yeah. Um, and if if uh, honestly, it, it was just to a point that I missed out on so many things, and I was just like, I need to get my life seizure? back together. What do you what do you call a seizure in Spanish? Convulsion. Convulsion. Uh, your English is surprisingly good. Oh, I thought she was native. <laughs> your English is great. Epilepsy. She even spelled it right. Oh, no. She, she misspelled it a little bit, but you were close. You were really, really close. Seizure. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I'm not wearing my glasses. Uh, but, I'm not wearing uh, my glasses. I'm wearing my glasses. So, so yeah. <laughs> uh, Des really had a few really defining moments that were were tough and, and kind of wake-up calls. And Manati says, it's a nice podcast. Thank you for, 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 for the compliment. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, no, honestly, you guys define the topic. You guys you guys are the ones that are here present live. You guys are the ones that, that really get to, to de- define the direction of, of all these podcasts. Like We pick a topic as a guiding point, but ultimately, it's, it's, this is for you. Uh, yeah. so, so whatever direction you want to take it, like we, we're down to go. Um, but what, what I'm trying to find is, is ways to connect dots because I want you guys to take this information and, and I want to kind of broaden the panorama a little bit. And and I'm very very happy that Begonia, you you have a very similar uh, list of challenges you've gone through. That that. Do you want to be has. best friends? I need a best friend. Yeah, she, <laughs> she does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, one thing that I I want you guys to reflect on is you guys have this one particular context, which is eating disorders. But how many other contexts? Begonia uh, first says, thank you, and lots of little hearts, and she goes then, yes! Um, and uh, uh, I want you to reflect on how other people are going through similar things, but they manifest themselves differently. For example, one of the ways that, obviously I know does one of the ways she tackles her anxiety and her challenges and things 
Sometimes it's with uh, a being a shopaholic. Sometimes it's by giving so much power to to Anna. Sometimes it's uh, by getting really upset with the world and trying to ta- let anger overtake her anxiety, which then she just hates herself for because she doesn't like that, and then she punishes herself for, and it's bad. Uh, uh, there are people that use alcohol and drugs to kind of escape from or, or numb themselves, and and I just kind of want you guys to 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 take the topic and and just to connect points in case people are listening to this afterwards. It doesn't matter what it is like. Of course, it matters, but it's like try to identify the things that you are doing to feel more in control. Try to identify the things you are doing to feel more quote unquote comfortable that actually are stopping you from creating the comfortable life that you want. It is very easy to distract ourselves with things that we convince ourselves if we achieve this, we will be happy. Does how many times have you told me if I become size whatever, I will be happy? All the time. How many times? In your life, have you been that size and not been happy? No, there was a time I was happy. There, I was in the gym. I was working. There was a time. And I was eating well. And I, I was uh, very happy and very but confident. But usually... Okay, but usually when I don't do it the healthy way, yes, it's terrible. And... and No, and even then, and you yeah. reach that number. Is it ever enough? No. Once you reach the... Like, the first time I got sick, I remember that uh, it, I, I wanted to be a certain size. That was a size, what, 20, 28? Yeah, it was a size 28. All I wanted was to be a size 26. When I got to a size 26... Uh, by the way, I'm talking in inches. Um, so I, I used to measure my waist. And when I got to a size 26, I realized that models can no, cannot have a more than a 25-inch waist. So all I wanted was to be a size uh 25 when i got to a size 25 i realized hey i could do 24 24 is an extra small i can do this um and then when i got to a size 24 i was like oh my gosh i want to be a size 22 and size 22 is the smallest size you can get in any store i think a size 20 or size 22 when <laughs> the the number 23 was the last number i saw on the on my measuring tape before i was sent to a hospital which was really really bad okay we have we have some good comments here samana p is saying my problem is the country all the way around i feel good shape my my mom always says i'm fat but even when i'm size five i am okay <laughs> that's how i am Everyone here on the team tells me I need to do exercise and I need to lose weight and I need to get back to being a little bit more fit. I think he's perfect because there have been periods in my life where I'm a little bit more fit and in better shape and and I look a bit better, but I'm too lazy for that shit. Uh, Why why are we swearing so much? It's such a casual (laughs) podcast. Um, But I'm too lazy for that. And they keep telling me, you should do this. And I keep trying every now and every few months. I'm like, okay, I'll go to the gym. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need this right now. So I, I know that feeling very well. And also with eating, I'm like, as long as I enjoy the food, like I live for good food. Um, and Begonia says, totally, I'm so afraid of enjoying life. And Begonia says, ha, 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 ever enough? And then uh, I was saying in Spanish, eh, eso como se come. I didn't know how to say it in English. I don't know this saying, but the literal translation is how, how do you eat that? Like, what, uh, is there a try? Uh, you know the saying? There is a saying, but I can't remember. Manati, you're good with both languages. You're good with with sayings. Do you do you know how to translate that in a? 
Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing with eating disorders. You never get enough until you put yourself in a in, a, in an ambulance. That was my case, <laughs> or to the point that you're just sick and bad. No, and um, and that talking developed gentleman language. Sometimes we have these things that we think are regenerative spaces or that we think are passion project that make our lives better, but many times they're an escape of our reality. Uh, and Manatee says, let me tell you this. You guys look super good. Never mind about eating or not eating. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I think he's perfect just the way he is. Sometimes I'm like, I like the little belly that the guys talk about that I just like it for a pillow sometimes. <laughs> that, that's the most motivational thing I've ever heard. Imagine if I did that to her, how that would be. <laughs> I don't you're lucky that my context <laughs> does not make me sensitive about comments about my body. But thank you for giving us a confidence booster. Uh, but yeah, uh, just identify how many times you're using something to escape from your reality and escape from your actual goals. Yeah. And sometimes you just want to control everything. And this is something that I wanted to get into in the Spanish podcast, but it, uh, we had already gone over time. And we've kind of gone a bit long here too but yeah, well, uh, 35 uh that's the longest you well i don't know i've gone up why do you think i got up because i was i was no but starting to you, you're doing great today um one thing that you have is fear of missing out oh, Be yeah. because you've missed out on so many different key moments in your life because of your eating disorder and because of your anxiety yeah uh what does that lead you to do now Oh, now it leads me to not enjoy what I have now in this very moment and just dismiss what I have now. Like, for example, right now I have this whole entire, um, oh, I kind of shopping tonight, <laughs> but I have this entire, like, really nice life in general. Um, and, and I just can't seem to enjoy it because I'm thinking about everything that I, that I lost and everything that I missed out on in the past. And I'm just like, girl you're still just 23 you have a lot of things to learn and and be and stuff and and it's still very difficult for me to understand that but i always tell myself um you're wasting this time now yeah one one thing that's that's not the point i was going for but that's another good point that you do uh she's overly perfectionistic oh yeah everything, everything has to be she does yes or on the flip side she's overly impulsive and she wants it super fast so either she goes through the process of overly trying to perfect it all and never get it done properly or ne nothing is ever good enough and she'll focus on the imperfection instead of all the beauty that she's just created or she'll just be like i just want it done now fast now 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 but in the perfectionistic side, it all comes down to her being afraid of missing out from the things she's missed out in the past. Yeah. So she doesn't enjoy the moment. Yeah. And I want you guys to reflect on one of the ways that you can make your comfort zone a little bit bigger where you actually are comfortable is living in the moment. And if you live too much in the past, you're going to get kind of depressed. If you live too much in the future, you're going to get kind of anxious. She's an expert of doing both. <laughs> you anxious now? Yeah. Yeah, I can see <laughs> your body language. Um, now, so 
so what I want you to reflect on is how can you live more in the now? And I know it's a cheesy saying. You've heard it all in every type of personal development. Live in the moment. Live in the moment. I'm not saying it to the degree of don't learn from the past and don't have a f future and a direction. Like, sure, make sure that your past, your present, and your future all kind of working together to get you to where you want to be. But in the moment, enjoy your achievements. Enjoy what you're building. Because if you're too afraid of what's going to happen moving forward, you're going to cut yourself into pieces. You're going to cut yourself into pieces, and it's silly. Um, and... Uh, uh, Begonia says, I know my weight doesn't make a better or bad person. I think it's easier to distract myself from really what what's going on. Yeah, fear of failure. And she, she says, oh, you're so young. Yeah, I think a lot of people get surprised when you share your age. Yeah. Um, not because of visuals, but how you speak and what all what you've lived through. Uh, but um, yeah, this fear of failure, this fear of missing out, this fear of rejection, it paralyzes us and it makes us overly controlling and it makes us devalue everything we do and it makes our comfort zone so uncomfortable. It makes our comfort zone never enough. And if your comfort zone never is enough, how are you going to recharge? How are you going to breathe? How are you going to bring the best out in you? So my kind of, to kind of wrap up here, Reflect on how you can celebrate every small win more, how you can open yourself up more to uncertainty, how you can build a support network. And we have two episodes coming up, especially because, Begonia, you asked for it. So in th three weeks, we have one about learning to ask for help. And in four weeks, we have one about how to grow your support network so that you know, don't just settle for asking for help, but actually grow and grow and grow and strengthen and nurture your support network. Yeah. So look at how you can build a support network because you don't have to go through things alone. Look at how you can stop guilt-tripping yourself and stop concluding that you need pain, you need suffering, and you need to kill yourself to be happy. Uh, and uh, look at how you've put only one or two things as defining things that make you valuable and successful and see if you can add a bunch more to that and diversify your list of measures of success and uh, uh, value so that even if you fail at that one thing that you are aiming for so much, you can be fully confident in the fact that you've achieved a million other things and see all the value in that. Um, and also when it comes to fear of failure and fear of missing out, realize that you can repeat things, you can redo things. Like, for example, Des is always worried about missing out on certain events. And I tell her, you can, she missed out her high school graduation. I'm like, I'm still very sorry about that. You can go to college and get a college graduation and just rebuild that memory. Uh, and she's like, uh, but there are some events that you only can do one time. It's like, like marriage. Uh, I'm like, no, you can get divorced and you can get remarried and you can renew your vows. And this you is when I try to be romantic and I only want to marry him someday. And he's just like, you can divorce and get married again. But like, what if I don't want to get divorced and get married again? <laughs> well, you can renew vows and you can do other things. But like, there are these moments that you kind of try to make so perfect that you're like, you try to control everything for it to be so perfect that you stop enjoying it. And you try to be so perfectionist. Like, oh, we're going to do an episode about perfectionism because it became a big topic in the Spanish podcast. No, mm. and I'm very perfect. I, I, everything has to be perfect for me. Everything. Like, 
like since I was like small, everything. And that's just insecurities. It's 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 like sure there are moments where it's like oh I want to optimize this because it makes sense and it's a practical thing, but most cases, it it's a result of of fears, uh, of insecurities and overcompensating and overcontrolling. And the problem is if you become too perfectionistic in your quote unquote comfort zone, it's not going to be comfortable. Because you're not going to be able to sit down without beating yourself up. How hard is it for you to sit down and breathe and just enjoy the moment? Oh, I can't do that. I beat myself up if I watch too much Netflix. You beat yourself if you watch too much Netflix. Begonia uh, 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 says you can get married many times with the same person. Why not? Yeah, you can. You can do whatever you want. Life is, is easy. You can really do whatever you want. Uh, but honestly, reflect on how much how many opportunities you have to create an even better moment i'm one of those people like i have a very different context but i've already visited close to 40 countries last time i counted which was a while ago and uh, i'm at a point where i go to a place i don't care what museums i see i don't care what monuments i see i've seen enough and i know i can just go back again but sometimes when I travel with people that are traveling for the first time, they have to go to every museum and every monument and get every picture Me. and everything. And I'm just like, sometimes I was just like, I just want to lay in bed in the hotel and chill. Like I paid for a hotel for a reason. Like, And many times like I'm with people who are like, oh my goodness, I got to see everything and take all these pictures. And I'm like, I can, we can just plan another trip and come back. And like, so I'm not saying my way is better or, 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 or in that sense of traveling. I know extroverts in general, like electric people by nature, will want to explore more than, than me. I'm a little bit more introverted when I travel, I guess, in that sense. Um, but I do want you to realize that you can build, you can repeat things. There's nothing that only you only get one attempt. Like you can repeat anything you want to repeat. You can retry anything you want Not to try. Not high school. You can get, you can go back to high school if you want. You can. It'll be strange, but you can. <laughs> It'll be strange, but you can. Like it, there's so many different things you can do. Like, uh, and you can repeat it, or you can try it differently, or you can try something different. And many times those things you made super important aren't even that important. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you kind of in an awkward spot. There was one time you dreamt about this guy for like your whole entire life. For many years, you dreamt about him. You finally slept with him mm -hmm. and you were like, was this what I idolized for all these years? Really? Not watching because sometimes he watches this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, when I came to move to Mexico, um, I was really depressed. I didn't want to know anything about anybody. And I met this guy that is my neighbor. He lives really nearby. He's not like my neighbor, but he lives really nearby where I live. We live in the same neighborhood. Now you're giving too many details. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm just going to shut up and not give too much details because I really hope he's not watching. Uh, sometimes he does watch. Thanks, babe, for putting me in this situation. I did not say who. You're the one who said who. Anyway, um, and there's no way you can cut this out because this is live. Wow, this is awkward. Um. Anyway, um... Uh, I I was like in love with him for years, for a decade, and I put all these um I expected all these things from him and and everything, and then when the moment finally came, the moment that I've been that <laughs> that I've been waiting for, um finally came, 
I was just so like, wait, I waited a whole decade for 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 this, and yeah. <laughs> well, the point of that story, and, and Begonia says, and his name is. <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> the point is, sometimes we put conditions on our happiness, and we think if I date this guy, if I. Uh, get this job, if I achieve this, if I get this body, if I get to this point, I will be happy. And then you get to that point and it's And like, it's not enough. It's not It's enough. not what you pictured in your mind because you think that this one thing or this one person will fix all your problems. And it's never like that. There will be things and achievements and there will be people that will make it into your life that will help you a lot. Yes. There are going to be mo people that are going to show up in the right moment. There are going to be opportunities that are going to show up in the right moment. And you're going to value them. You're going to celebrate them. But it's not going to make all your problems go away. I it's hope none of my neighbors are watching either. Now I feel like I gave too much details. Ah. But you haven't said anything bad. You've just <laughs> you honestly said, I put all these expectations in this one person. And it's more than what you should put in your No, but my neighbors are very conservative. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if they've watched this podcast, they know that we are kind of much more liberal, so that they can... Mm -hmm. It's all good. Do they even speak English? No, but some of them do have been watching the podcast throughout today. Yeah, yeah, but if they don't speak English, then they don't even understand what we're saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the most laid-back podcast we've ever done. <laughs> Thank you, guys. But yeah, anyway, the point is... Sometimes we put conditions on our happiness. And uh, the sooner you learn to just kind of enjoy the moment and enjoy things and embrace failure, embrace surprises, and embrace the uncertainty of stepping out of your comfort zone and understand that in order for something to become your comfort zone, how many episodes did it take for you to be this comfortable on the podcast? I can tell you the number. We are on what episode today? 19 of this season. You've been here all season. Except for like four. Yeah, sh sure. There were some that you were just too uncomfortable to get on. Because I felt like I was too fat. <laughs> so 19 episodes for you to get to the point where you can be here for like an hour and a half and not be in a rush to go away. Where you don't have to st uh, stand up every two seconds. Yeah, I have st been standing yeah, yeah, up today. But 19 episodes. I need to sneeze. 19 episodes to be at this point of comfort. Yeah. How many panic attacks did you have to have to get here? Oh, a bunch. Not how, to count. Today. How many tantrums did you have to go through to get to this point? A lot. How many times did you have to look at yourself and call yourself fat and be like, I can't be on camera and blah, 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 blah. I had to buy myself new clothes to be on the podcast. Notice how she always wears sweaters on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I always wear things that are like very big on me and baggy like this. Uh, I literally went to H&M and all these other stores and I was just like, I need things that are huge. And then... Yeah, I ended up buying a bunch of things so for the podcast. I want you just to reflect about, for example, she never stopped. And you guys have seen, she's always late to the podcast, like five minutes late, <laughs> ten minutes late. And nine times out of ten, it's either because she had a panic attack or she had a tantrum motivated by Anna. But she still makes it. She's And you've seen other episodes of the podcast where you can see her panic attacks and anxiety and her tension be like this. And she sometimes, when you see her grab my leg, she's sending me a signal. I'm getting anxious. Right? Maybe. I never, you just 
You you gave away. I, I the gave secret. I, I gave away the secret. The Such secret, a big secret. The secret and code. <laughs> you're gonna see it, and it's gonna happen again, like in the next episodes, and even today, she might get an app, a, a panic attack in five minutes. Like, it's part of the process. But the point is, she has now made a decision that being in the podcast is more important than her fears and her anxieties. Yeah. And she fights those fears and anxieties every time to get here. In general, Yannick is more important than my fears and anxieties. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, and that's the thing. Like, sometimes we just got to be like, you know what? I'm going to go through that hell. I'm going to go through that challenge because when I do it, I'm going to feel powerful. And every time she gets on camera, whether it be a, a podcast, whether it be a stream, whether it be a YouTube video, afterwards, the next time it gets easier. And sometimes she finishes one thing and she's like, oh my goodness, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see what I just did? Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. And sometimes she goes, oh, I want to do a YouTube video now. I want to do this video now. I want to stream now. And sometimes it's just like grab that confidence. That you, you like ride the wave of that confidence. But to ride that wave, you have to go through discomfort. So your comfort a zone. A lot of it. A lot, a lot of yeah. it. If things are getting more tense, if they're getting more difficult, if you're getting more overwhelmed, it's generally a sign that you're innovating. It's generally a file that you can do it. Uh, and Manatee says, sometimes I feel anxious. Like yesterday I went out of my comfort zone and my clavicles hurt. I feel so insecure. Yeah. Sometimes when you get out of your comfort zone, you will feel like it's going to get tough. You're going to get sometimes anxiety. You're going to feel more insecure, you're going to feel small, you're going to feel incapable, but believe it or not, the more you do it, the more uh, confident you get. The more you face whatever it is that is scary, the less scary it gets. And that's what I want you guys to know. Don't hold on to your comfort zone too much. Don't avoid your comfort zone at all costs. Try to create comfort zones that help you recharge your battery, get the confidence, enjoy every moment, don't put conditions on your happiness. Keep on trooping and ask for help when you need. Learn new things. Get back up when you fall. Don't beat yourself up when you fall. Don't beat yourself up for making mistakes. And honestly, start cherishing the mistakes. Start cherishing the adversity. Because honestly, there'll be a point where you're just going to be like, you know what? This thing that I hated, all of a sudden, I'm going to celebrate it. And that's what Des in her finer moments does. She goes, you know what? I'm glad I'm going through this. I'm glad I went through this. And honestly, you're going to be able to flip the switch and just be like, you know what? I'm going to turn this around. So anyway, with that in mind, I, um, I think we'll wrap up. We've already taken up most of your day with both language podcasts and <laughs> appreciate the, the uh, support. I appreciate the, the, uh, the participation. And uh, yeah, we really, really do value you. Um, you guys are part of our support network, and uh, you have no idea how much you guys help us with our mental health during this pandemic. Like, it's really, really good. Like, yeah. honestly, this podcast for me has been one of the most kind of relaxing moments I've had in a long time. It's been very nice and very chill. So, um, yeah, I guess we will wrap it up. And I can see Des with her body language is definitely on the anxious side. Yeah. You're I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it, but I'm I need to get up and do something. Yeah, but anyway, it's it's time to wrap up. So thank you very much. And uh, next week we're going to be talking about uh, 
how to adapt to all of this whole online learning, online working, remote working, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll tune in with that. And uh, Manatee says, thank you guys. Love, love, love. Hugs and kisses. We love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support. And uh, yeah, see you next week. Have a good one. And if I can find the software, I need this one. <laughs> Hand. There we go. Okay. Uh, uh, have a nice Sunday.